Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. See, that's magic. See the way that does it automatically, Steve. Oh, that's, wow. that's bleeding. It's great, isn't it? Uh, good evening. Welcome along to the forum. <clears throat> it is, of course, uh, normally just four people or three people or two people. No, well, we haven't done two people. This is two people. I'm going to try a few couple of things here because it's I'm on my own. Whoa. <laughs> See that today? And then we'd, if, if we don't Whoa. look, babe. Weaker. And then, Weaker. then, then there you go. There you go. And then this. Beautiful. Uh, the picture in picture layout, but I won't do that because it doesn't make much sense. So, uh, for the people that are watching, we'll just we have the two of us in a nice little box here. So, if we want to put up comments, um, Emma Cavanagh, he's saying good evening, uh, good evening to you, um, and then Chris Brack, who hosts the the women's show, he's he's on there. How are you, Chris? Good to see you, good to see you, Alan. Uh, th- tonight it's 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 a it's a tone down, it's almost like an old-fashioned 1990s MTV unplugged set. It's just me and Steve-O shooting the breeze, talking the football. Two guitars. Two guitars. I'm doing the air guitar. Um, And uh, having the chats, uh, just two of us. But I want to to throw it out to the people that are watching. Um, And I'll say as we go along, what we want is a couple of topics from you guys. Um, We're we're doing 60 minutes of this, and then we'll be off. there's, there's, there's not like 400 people on the show tonight and um, to be frank there's only two people's comment two people's things coming in and the thing and give us the comments and the intros and we'd be grand and the works so Stephen it's great to have you back on I hope you had a, a, a great weekend um, and a great few weeks when you weren't on um, and did you did you have anything did you have anything nice happen to you when you're on your summer holidays no um it's been mostly <laughs> shitty things happening one after another, actually, as it turns out. So, um, yeah. such is life, you know. That's that's just how it is. So, it's okay. It's okay. You, we get over it. We you move didn't on. get the Omni. Uh, the, the Omnicron. Yeah, you didn't get the Omni Cinema version of yeah, the Omni Cinema version of COVID. No, no, not yet. Not Supposed yet. to get that in uh, Dolby Atmos stereo if you get. That's how, it's, that's how it's different to the last one. You got super city yeah. widescreen version of it. It's, it's fantastic. Twenty one sixty p. Yeah, yeah, twenty one twenty exactly, exactly. But massive seventy five inch version of it that you get across your gaff. It's, it's grand. Right, look. Um, yeah. Right. So all the all the lads are in there. Uh, wash your hands. Tom Bowling saying, "Wash your hands." You can wash your hands all you want. It's not make a bit of difference. It's airborne. It's like saying, "Wash your hands." Wash your hands. No, uh, I'm with Tom Bowling on this, right? Because the amount 
I'm going to go on a little rant now. The amount of fuckers okay. I see going into shops, and just because they're vaccinated now, they don't have to. They don't have to sanitize their hands anymore. So they've been outside the shop sneezing and coughing all over their hands. They fucking fair. Walk it's fair. Sanitize, and then they're how much are your guacamole's handling the old avocados all day long? You know, it's not mm-hmm. on Phil. It's not on. I'm at least with the avocado, but then again, with the avocados, you don't eat the skin unless you're really weird. Well, I'm a I'm a weird man. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and you, you tend to also. I tend to wash my veg before I use them. Who's all these? Where <laughs> you wash your veg? You should. Yeah. That's where, that's where all the goodness is. You can't wash your veg. You can, yeah. It's like, out of the ground into the pot. You may so as you well get just, that, uh, just how you just, get that just, gritty. So you get that gritty texture in the bottom of your curry. No, the only things I accept the gritty texture in the bottom of my curry is um, if you're having a seafood curry and you get those bits of sand, you know, the sand from from uh, the recycling center beside Sandy Mount. That's that that crunchy bit. And prawns oh, are, oh, if you have a prawn or like a mussel and you bite in and you get that that sandy bit and it's just, oh my God, it's just, it ruins the whole thing. You're just going, this is so yeah. nice. And, go, and it's like eating sand. There's nothing at all. Mohammed Jogi, I'm here in South Africa. You want to, I can courier to you. Damn, UK government blocked us from traveling. Feel like a leper in a colony. Mohammed, I've got some news for you. It turns out that the English may indeed have had hundreds of cases of this before it even got to Africa. So they may have been exporting it on the sly around the world for the last two or three weeks. Um, And unfortunately, just seem to, you just, you seem to catch on to most. Um, So anyway, that's a bit of uh, news or fake news. Who knows? Only time will tell. Uh, But I'm sure Boris Johnson will be talking about. Ben and Holly tomorrow if it actually turns out to be England and not, not the rest of the world. Um, right. Forced thing is forced. Uh, and it's important. Liverpool played Southampton at the weekend and had a fine, fine 100 nil win against them. Um, everything seemed relatively standard for playing against a poor team. Uh, Paddy's asking when's the bunker back open. Uh, soon, Paddy. Soon. soon. Um, yeah. Once, we'll once be- we don't go into more lockdown, we're ready to go with the pads. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we just just need to, to sort the a new, couple of the things. New gate, new gate yeah. is on. The new gate. Up was, and, meant uh, was meant to make that gate. Bailed. I had to do it myself. We have to get on, get on getting one of those Chinese um, HEPA filters to put in the uh, in the in the in in the studio because like yeah. there's not a hope you can get even six inches of space in there. I don't mind six foot of space. You know, um, two meters apart. Yeah. That's for sure. I'll so, bring yeah. in one of the. I'll bring in one of the. Um, Fucking what do they call ozone filters? Plug in. Yeah, I was, was, was going to bring one of the HEPA filters in. You know the ones that they won't give the schools because the kids like they they're immune to everything. Um, anyway, where are we? Um, Sweet is York. Obi the fuck. Paddy Dawson will be moving into the bunker. Paddy Dawson already lives in the bunker, lads. Like that's let's be honest about this. There's, there's a long well, he story. Built there. it. <laughs> he built he it, built so it. he has the keys. Um, and people are talking about uh, Les Ferdinand. I was going to say Les Ferdinand. It's not Rio Ferdinand, of course. Oh. Um, Banking on about yeah. something. I didn't see him having a go at Cara, but I, I see it there from what people have said. So yeah, like listen, it's just, it's just it, I, I won't really go tribal on that one because um, I think Cara's an arsehole as well. So it's like it's it, it, there's two of them at it. So just let the two of them. Well, they're, not, they're, they're just they're just good. it's good for their brand. It's good for you know yeah. you know it's good for fucking retweets and and mm. shares and likes and all your lovely likes. So yeah, is what it and, is. And Carragher's right in what he says. He's, he's, he's paid to give his opinions um, and Rio Ferdinand is paid to make memes that people put out when they just want to laugh at, at, at funny things. So there's, there is a difference in, in standards in terms of what's there. Um, okay, so first thing we want to talk about, you, on the foot of the weekend's win, Steve-O, 
and yeah. the debate that's going on at the moment, you wanted to have a chat around the man that, that's in the centre, Thiago, Thiago Alcantara. Yeah. Um, and but, his ongoing suitability as an LFC player in the Jurgen Klopp triumvirate of a midfield. Would I be correct in saying this? Yeah, you're not far wrong. I don't like. I don't know how I feel about it yet, and I haven't seen. Sorry, you were saying about the the, the debate that's going on. I haven't seen mm. any debate. I don't know what's being spoken about or what's not. But I just, I get. I, I watch. I'm just from watching matches. He he tends to lose possession in, and for a player that we've all spoken about, you know, being so careful with the ball and such a protector of the ball, and how you know how wisely he uses it. I'm not doubting his abilities at all. What I'm talking about is just he, he seems to lose it in dangerous positions. And for a team that actually pushes up and plays so high and presses so high, it leaves us exposed at the back when he loses the ball in those spaces. And I'm just wondering whether that requires a slight change of approach when he's in the side. Does it require um does it require the you know, a change from him and in, in, in how he utilizes the ball. I don't know. I'm just, I wanted to talk about it and see what people's mm. opinions were. I see Kevo Sullivan saying he has the odd brain fart there, but I, I don't know if it is the odd brain fart. It just seems to be sometimes he's trying to be too clever with the ball in, mm. in tight spaces and an easier option is, is there for him to just get out of trouble and he doesn't want to take it. And then he's like, he's like, the big eyes open and he's like, oh, bollocks. And then somebody bails him out or they don't. And it's, it's you know, back to normal again. So, Steve, Dan Bailey there wants any suggestions for parking in and around the ground. I want you to, I want you to come back to that at some point in uh, the evening because I've been with you as we've sorted out parking before in and around that. Yeah, <laughs> Couple of tricks that will de- that never ne- will never let you down. Guaranteed to work on, on a match day. Parking the players' car park once, so yeah. that wasn't bad going. <laughs> um, Tiago and I haven't lapsed since. Okay, so I'll put it like this, right? Um, midfields under functionality for me is, are are determined by matches. So I think yeah. Tiago is an ideal player to have if you have insurance policies around him, and every midfield is sort of set up in that way. And if you look at his, him and Fabinho have played twelve games, thirteen games together, and they've won twelve of them, right? So and they've drawn the other. One. So I'm taking that every single day of the week. Um, he also reminds me a lot of Javi Alonso. Uh, and I'm not talking about in terms of the style of play, but in terms of, and a bit like Fabinho in this manner, it takes him a few games to get truly up to his proper level, right? Yeah, his tempo, it's, it's, yeah, his rhythm. He doesn't just come back in from an injury and pick up from where he left off. He lit, he has to feel his way back into it. So when you were talking about being a few, you know, just trying to squeeze the ball here and there, at this moment in time, they're not necessarily coming off. But in two to three weeks' time, assuming he doesn't pick up another injury, They'll be going through and everybody will be screaming, look at that ball, look at that pass, look at what he's doing, look at this. But he really benefits and thrives in having Henderson and Fabinho beside him because they're doing all the dirty work. So that means that when he gets on the ball, he's 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 got the vision to pick out the spots, the holes and everything that yeah. he needs to do. And he gives us that verticality in the game that sometimes we can be missing. You know, sometimes we're so reliant on Trent and the fullbacks getting down the flanks to give us the verticality in the game. We're missing that thing in the midfield. And I've always felt that this is why they signed him, because they wanted somebody that could do that through the centre of the pitch and just change the direction of the attack. We're so reliant so much of the times on on Trent's abilities to break the lines and then for Mo and him to interchange to create the space, right? I think Thiago just allows us to change the focus of how we attack teams, which longer term, 
benefits us because we can then free up Salah and Trent again because at the moment teams could just really focus on closing on that channel and it sort of does limit us a wee bit whereas this opens it all up because you can't do it again yeah no I I agree with you sorry I thought you'd frozen there you just stopped talking abruptly (laughs) that's how we do in the media you won't. That's how we do it in the media. Yeah, all right, sorry. A mere novice like I wouldn't uh, understand. Yeah. Um yeah. but yeah, I I know what you're saying. I suppose it's it's when he drops into the deepest man and that protection moves f- further forward than he is is the problem. Because normally what's happened is he drops in Virgil and, and Matip or Virgil and Kanate or whoever it is spread out. He loses it there, and then it's a, it's just a fucking free for. I'm not saying it happens a lot. It's just there's no guarantee it won't happen in big games as we get further on in the league or when we get further on in in in, in the Champions League. And it's just a concern I wanted to raise and see what other people's thoughts were. I'm, I'm mm. not for a moment saying he shouldn't be in the team. I'm not for a moment saying he has to completely change his his way of playing. And I absolutely agree. He gives you a different creative outlet. His ability to find those little bendy passes, you know, nearly like a, a no look pass. He, he, you know, he's he's got them. He's got those little whipped passes that he that he can put in behind a centre back, and all of a sudden from the right side of the box, it's landed on Mane's toe. You know what I mean? He, he, he has that capability, but I just, I've been watching it and I've just been a little bit irked by it, where he's, where he's losing it. And he, it's not like he learns from it in a match. He could do it three or four times. And you're going, fuck's sake, you know, you can do it once or twice and maybe say, right, fuck, okay, that's not on today. Like Ward Prowse was in on top of him. People Bobby, were in on Bobby, re- Bobby wrecks your head as well, doesn't he? Bobby has wrecked my head for many, many, many a year because because uh, he because he gives the ball away. Fucking ball away so much. Now, I'm not gonna, <laughs> not Can much. you see a pattern emerging? <laughs> yeah, people that give the ball away piss me. It's not. It's not a bit. You know what it is? It's players that have amazing passes in their locker, and Bobby and Thiago have it, and then they give a four yard pass away, and you're just looking, going, how? How the fuck did you give that ball away in that situation? It's just it's infuriating for me. So basically, anyone anyone that gives the ball away, you're 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 questioning their abilities. No, so, no, that's not true. It's anyone who needlessly gives the ball away when the pass is super simple, or there's a much easier option on, and you choose the more difficult one. And Bobby does that all the time, and it's not because he's looking for the forward pass. Sometimes he's just trying to be a clever prick, and it doesn't always pay off. And when it doesn't pay off, it's often costly. <laughs> and now Diago is at risk of making that. Um, <laughs> Chris Beck, I bet you love possession stats. I actually never look at possession stats. I just look at the match and give out. And then the other lads used to tell me that he hadn't lost the ball that much. But my eyes told me Bobby lost the fucking ball loads of times. Can I just go back to the no-look passes thing, right? Because I saw Van Dijk does a really shit no-look pass. Did you see the one where he's standing in the middle of the box and he like basically kicks it and looks to the stand? Now, it's a high-risk no-look pass because it's basically standing in the middle of your own 18-year box and hitting the ball straight this way. You don't need to play. But I have an issue with those no-look passes because they're not really no, they're not really doing anything. If there's nobody around you challenging you, <laughs> you just do yeah. a no-look pass for the sake of a no-look pass. That's just like being a wanker, right? That's not what it's for, right? Whereas... When like when when Rabi- when Ronaldinho used to do it, he tend to be looking at the fella straight in the eyes and giving him and shaping his body to play fast that way, and then just kick it like forty yards in an opposite direction. Like, do you know what I mean? I just I just thought I was looking at at um at, at Van Dijk I was there going, there's going to be a serious uh, 
belly pump and fest, uh, <laughs> belly punch and fest at that no look pass, and it's ridiculous because there was no need for it. And had he played the ball ten yard, a half a yard the wrong direction, the fella straight in and go with a strike. Now, while saying that, I do think that Fabinho gives you that insurance policy, and I think it allows oh, players cool. to be, be a lot more aggressive in the way they want to play. So that if if they are, they're not afraid to try a riskier pass than they would take if Fabinho wasn't there because he has yeah, their insurance I policy. I agree, absolutely, absolutely. And it's like it's like the fullbacks this season with Van Dijk back in the in, in, in the back line and, and actually having two high level centre halves in there. You can see Robertson and Trent aren't they're not reticent to get forward. Um and, and that's you know that's a that's a key part of our attack. That's why we scored so many goals this season, I think. Um or it's a it's a key part of it. So so yeah you're right when and especially with Hendo and Fabinho there. So I'm I think let let Thiago do all of that. Just if he'd stop dropping back in behind Hendo and, and Fabinho to try that shit, that's what annoys me or, or you know, just gets me nervous. I get nervous. All it is is fucking nervous. I get frightened when he's fucking doing this shit. And I'm going, that's going to cost us a stupid goal in a just, match that we really can't afford to lose one in. Can I just point out, Dan, no look passes are ace even when they go wrong. No, they aren't. Because if a Nolo pass goes wrong, <laughs> there'll be absolute mortar. There'll be pitchforks. There's a Nolo pass that doesn't play for Liverpool. You go absolute wanker, just yeah. wanker. Even yeah. when Bobby does it, you're just like, remember he no look passed into an empty goal. Yeah, yeah. Remember just like now that's the one. Funnier had he just tripped over and not scored yeah. the goal, just fell that, over. That, that, that's the moment. Then I'd be like, <laughs> okay, I agree with you there. No look passes when you're passed into an empty net and you fall over, make an arse with. That's when I'm going to laugh. But uh, like. If Van Dijk doesn't now look pass and out of defence straight to a centre forward and they score, that's not funny. That's that's not that's not ace. Ooh. That just looks absolutely ridiculous. Um, right, where are we now? Sorry, uh, just Dan well, saying there. I think we dropped Thiago deep at times to pick the ball up and look to spring a sixty-yard pass wide. Van Dijk does that for you anyway. Van Dijk can do 60, mm-hmm. 70, 80 yard passes to Trent out on the other wing or Salah or Manny. He has that in his locker anyway. So you don't need Thiago to drop in to do the exact same thing your centre half could do when you've another man in front of you. You know, it's 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 a can, point. I'm not saying I'm not saying Fabinho will necessarily pick it up there and, and play that pass, but but when Van Dijk steps out, he can. Or Matip will just dribble the whole way up the pitch and fall over. Yeah, your can, can I just also just just a note on Allison? Um, on Saturday, and his ongoing form, right? He he was he's just ex. He just he's just special. You know, we talk about Van Dijk and all being special, but he is just what he's. What I really like about him is nothing ever seems to be a hassle, right? Nothing ever seems to be a show. Nothing ever seems to be stretched. It's just it just seems natural. Everything he does seems yeah. to be natural and the right decision. He's an incredibly smart, intelligent footballer. And I don't think that could yeah. said enough about him. Right? It's just incredible yeah. intelligence and game intelligence. And it's also the it's the prerequisite to the big match temperament. You know, you know that moment where you look at somebody and you say, that fella just has it. You know, I like I played ball, played to a fairly high level, and I'd say ultimately not being able to deal with the big moments or deal with the big moments and big games was why I wasn't able to go to the next level, right? And you look at some of the professional players and you say, why, like, they have all the skill in the world and they do some of the most amazing things at times. And then for some reason, they just can't do it in the, in the big moments. And when you look at Alisson, there is no big, there's no big game. There's no big moment. Everything is just the same. 
it could be a five aside, I'd say, and he's making the same type saves as he's making if it was the Champions League final. He's just... It almost brings a tear to me. It just makes me so happy to know that we have the best goalkeeper in the world. Like, honest to God, like it's just it's 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 phenomenal. Yeah, no, it's 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 a phenomenal feeling, and and it's. But he also, I think he, I think he would have been an addict if he wasn't a footballer. That's, <laughs> I'm telling you, he has a fucking problem with dopamine and serotonin, right? He has guaranteeing you his brain synapses are not firing properly and he needs that rush in matches. He has to have it and he looks to draw in pressure just to give himself that little woo, little, you know, the little sphincter clinch. I'd say yeah. he's doing that four or five times a game where he's just going, whoop, he nearly got me there and he fucking pings it out or he comes out for a header and it glances off. Like he scares the bollocks out of me as well. It's great watching. Like, it, but can you imagine being Klopp? How does Klopp not go absolutely? Like and Klopp just just stand there on the sideline, just watching him nearly fucking throw a goal away at nil yeah. all against Chelsea or whoever it is. I'm just picking that at random, but and he's just there, like, yeah, that's what he does. Oh well, <laughs> because he saves us so many times in the season, you have to give him that. I, I, I've, I, I honestly, I think it's mentioned there by Avo there. Like, I can't think <laughs> of a goalkeeper who's better in a one-on-one situation. His ability to know when to dive at someone's feet or to stand up and keep himself big. Like, he's like he has that Manuel Neuer, Ali Khan, Peter Schmeichel skills. All three different types of skills and one-on-one rolled into one. He's he's absolutely like Schmeichel and how he comes and closes down when mm-hmm. when when strikers are coming in on goal. It's fun. It, it, he's the like I know Oliver Kahn and, and, and Neuer are phenomenal goalkeepers, but Schmeichel, when he used to be, you know, when United were winning shit and he was in goal, and you're always going, fucking hell, why can we not get close to having a keeper like that? Because every time this is certain goal, boom, he'd pull it out of the bag, and you'd be absolutely gutted that he was playing for United. And that's what we have now. That's mm. We have those sort of players all over the park. We have exactly what, what that prominent Man United team through the 90s had. We have that now. We yeah. have those amazing flair players, those those players that are underrated that still come in and do an amazing job, those absolute vital cogs like your Fabinho's fucking imperious centre half, world class goalkeeper, you know, top goal scorer in the league. We we have it all there. You know, it's it's phenomenal. Is Alison more gorgeous than Shawnee? That's the big question. I'd like you know, I'd like to say no, that Shawnee. Not. No, he's not. He has bad skin underneath that beard, and that's why he wears the beard. Shawnee doesn't have bad skin. There no, he go. doesn't. He there doesn't. But I'd argue that that. But the trade-off is Allison's hair is better. Right. Allison, Allison has a lot more money than Shawnee to get the best barbers in the world to cut his hair. You know what I mean? That's not but, reflecting on Shawnee. But that's but that's just the way it goes. That's just the way it falls, Steve. Yeah. You know everything. It's it's swings and roundabouts. It's it's the it's the the scales of justice. You I'd rather I mean? have I'd rather have uh, bad hair than bad skin. That's fair, but I'm sure he'll have enough money to sort the skin out if he really wants. But because he, he, I'm sure because uh, something to do with Jesus, he won't do anything with his skin. Um, it's all about his mitochondria, Phil. It's all about his mitochondria. Yeah, you know? whatever that means, Trev. Well, um, bacteria. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, nobody gives a fuck. Chris Back says I miss fridge watch with Phil. Actually, it's an interesting because Paddy's watching. Um, the the door on my fridge has fallen off, and I've had to basically. The, I can't do the really fridge trick. Now. No, I, I can't because look, I've had to separate the fridge, right? And I took out the fridge on my own. Paddy will come over. And now the, door, now the door is separated from the fridge. So, uh, like, I have to go. They didn't have 
the proper shelf out in IKEA when I went out to get the shelf. And uh, now I have to, it's, it's a disaster, especially with the kids around the place. You hear the bang? That's to try to get the, because the joint is falling off over the top. So is it's uh, Paddy still, is Paddy still watching. I don't know. I think I think he we turned off as soon as soon as you start mentioning soon as we start mentioning the kitchen, he definitely turned off at that point. We were talking about Bobby Fanino <laughs> being a trigger for me. Try Phil's kitchen for Paddy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so I'm just on, on I'm trying to fix that up. Uh, thanks for the question, Chris. Keep them coming. Uh, <laughs> uh, but talk about mentality and the reason why I wanted to go uh, so Tom, Tommy C says, Remember when Minulai would torn into the invisible man on a one on one? His hands used to turn into invisible hands one on one. Like remember the shot that went through him in the League Cup final? Do you remember? I'll never forget that one just like hologram keeper. Four keepers down the line. I see yeah. um Bonkers just said there Messi won's won the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. Like how? Uh, uh, it's pointless. The, your man, um, Guillaume Frogagay, whatever his name is, he he was saying that Messi is the best that we've ever seen, so everyone has to vote for him as, as the Ballon d'Or of the year. That's, that's ridiculous. Though, isn't it? How did yeah. Lewandowski not win that? I don't agree with Salah winning it, actually. I, I think Salah deserves, if Salah keeps up the form he has this year, he'll deserve to win it next year. Lewandowski, his season last season was phenomenal, and there was no Ballon d'Or. No. This um, isn't the season before that, even. Like, he's, he's on to his third phenomenal season. Yeah, and so I, you I, know, I, people were talking about the Copa America. Yeah, so I, I just, I, I think, I think, again, I think it's a pointless award at this point in time because they just give people just. It's yeah. a bit like, um, when you ha- when you get too many it's like journalists, an Instagram competition. yeah, it's like an Instagram you, competition. It's already being decided. Yeah, he won because he scored forty goals in forty nine games and won the Copa America. Who cares? So, 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 so if 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 Lewandowski had to win an international trophy to be a better player in that calendar year, then why in all the years that Messi didn't win anything with Argentina was he picking up Ballon d'Or after Ballon d'Or after Ballon d'Or just for being the best player in Spain? Mm. You know, doesn't it doesn't uh, stack up? No, uh, and like and we know as well that the South American football is now uh, international. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, international football is pointless as well. It's irrelevant. Like, you know, you can't be like it's absolutely pointless. It's a pointless, pointless shit show of a championship level competition. Like, who cares? It, it means nothing. Copa America. Um, yep. It's the all international. Sorry, it's, it's all international football. football. It's all, all international football. It's not just. It's not just. Um, the Champions League is the highest level of yep. football in the world. It's as simple as that. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. And City should have won it, and they didn't. <laughs> Again, um, that's the best bit about it. But yeah, uh, Messi didn't deserve it. The year of VVD got second. But look, that's you know who cares. Um, right. The the reason why I start about the mentality thing actually, I want to bring it around because it is relevant to the next topic I want to roll on to, right? Which is the Everton game, um, and the Everton fans and Rafa Benitez and the Everton fans in general. I don't. I think like I probably. More interested these days in Everton fans than Everton fans are interested about Everton because um, they really are in a terrible place, Devo. Like it's <laughs> they have a, cha- a Liverpool Champions League winning manager managing their team. They are absolutely shite, right? Um, they're probably worse than when Ancelotti was there. They spent billions of pounds on a team that's terrible. Um, their captain or vice captain has gone missing for whatever reason. Uh, he was he won't be allowed to ever play football again, and because uh, we can't say it because we're on YouTube, so because it's all. Uh, I think it's because he was. 
<laughs> your face, your face for a moment there. Just thought he's gonna fucking say it. <laughs> I was just getting in. If Nilo, Nilo, will just pop in now and just say it. So I'll just yeah. ring him up. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's like the, the, some of the best content and topics I've seen. Um, it's just the Everton fans screaming blue mortar at their own players. It's and you, you're like you're a long time Everton fan, so it's like, how do you feel this? <laughs> Big blue myself. Um, I tell you, I think it's just a bit fucked up at the moment because they're what four points off seventh. Yeah, like they're they're three points off United in eighth. Like it's it's. I, I might be wrong on that in terms of how many. I think they're. I think they have fifteen points or something. Fourteen points or fifteen points, and. United and Spurs, when I was looking at it yesterday, have 18, 19, 20, something like that. I don't know. It's something in that late teens anyway. Yeah, yeah. Been without Calvert-Loon for the, a huge chunk of the season. They had Richarlison away and then injured and then fucking suspended. And, like, they gave him eight euro to spend in the summer. And now they're expecting something from that. So he's being expected to fix all the past mistakes of of previous managers and previous transfers. And I said this at the start of the season, I thought it would be a tough year for them, but I think he he's the best option they have available to them in world football at the minute. I don't think they have the capability to get a more experienced and highly de- decorated manager anywhere in the world than what they have with him. Mm. And they lost Ancelotti because he got the option to go back to Real, and that's just the reality of it. He was never going to stick around at Everton when that came up. It's just, he had no loyalty, he had no reason to be there. And he wasn't doing that much of a job. Ancelotti was never interested. And really, apart from AC Milan, maybe many, many years ago, has never really been interested in coming in and building a foundation in the club, helping to restructure it from the ground up. He wants to come in two or three years, win something and fuck off somewhere else. That's what he is. He's a, he's a, he's a gun for hire. I think what Everton would have got out Benitez or will get out Benitez if they stick with him is somebody who will build the infrastructure who will improve their club from the ground up and will also improve their results. But they need time. He needs the chance. He needs two or three transfer windows and a few quid. I'm not talking about giving them 200 million quid with the way they've spunked money away, but he has to be given the opportunity to at least shift some of the shit that they have there and be able to reinvest that money into players that he wants. Andros Townsend and Damari Gray have been two great signings. They're not going to be player of the year candidates. And if you're expecting that from fucking a grand total of a million and a half quid for the two of them, then you're delusional. But what they brought in is they've been able to do a lot more than Moisha Keane was able to do. Alex Awobi was able to do. Fucking Gilfie Sigerson was able to do. Any of them, you know, in, in, in that sort of area last season. So he, he has made an improvement on them. And I think they'll finish top half if they stick with them. But they're so narrow-minded and so focused on him being an ex-Liverpool manager that they're just baying for blood. And any minute they get a chance, they'll take it. So it's it's just, it's unfortunately the narrow-minded nature of their fan base. And our fan base are no better. We're just in a better place at the moment. Mm-hmm. We'd be absolutely no better. You know, it, it do, is just the way it is. Does he still have a red door? Don't know. I'm surprised they haven't had a picture. I think he lives in a different house. Does he? I did not bring his red door with him. Remember, remember, Kuman couldn't have any red in his Christmas tree. Yeah, no red these in your Christmas tree. These are the important things. Um, well, I, look for me with everything is just bizarre. It's, they remind me so many of, of loads of teams that you see. Like it reminds me a lot more of Middlesbrough, maybe in the early nineties, where we were spunking money left, right, and centre, and not getting any 
thing out of the pl- from the players that they were signing, and eventually it just becomes a massive money hole. And if they don't get it right, ultimately, you they will pay the price because this, this unlike say the last. 40 years in football, the last 10 years have showed you that if you piss money up against the wall, eventually you will get relegated because the quality just isn't there and you end up paying lots of money for really shit players and lots of wages and that ultimately constricts you at the back end of your cycle and you either sell your club or you end up going down and relying on parachute payments and having to basically start the fresh and come back up again. And that doesn't necessarily happen because... You saw what happened with City before the big money came in. You saw what happened Newcastle being bounced up and down. West Ham have bounced up and down for a good few years as well. And now to be getting some stability into the club. Um, but yeah, like for everything this is or has been, particularly when Ancelotti was there, this was when this turned into more of a kickathon than it was a football match. And if I'm Rafa, I'm going to be honest with you. If I'm Rafa and I want to keep my job and I do want to do things at everything. I go the same route, but it would be very alien for a Rafa team to do this because no matter what club he's been at, he's never he's never prompted them to be overly aggressive or to push that type of aggressive mindset. Whereas Ancelotti is prepared to do anything to win, and you can just see, you can say what he wants. He sent, he's, they sent, they went out last year to do. I say do, I don't mean they went out to injure them, but they definitely went out to hit them as hit Liverpool's best players as as hard as they could for as long as they could get away with it before they started picking up cards and. Mm. I think ultimately that that plays in their favour. Rafa will think that he can out tactic Klopp, and that ultimately plays in their favour because if you go if you go and try to play football against us or even play defensive football against us, we'll ultimately tear you apart. As long as we play the match and not the occasion, yeah, and not the occasion, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't disagree. And listen, I think I think all over the pitch we have the ability to beat them, but never it's a cliche but it never really matters in, in a lot of well sorry not never but a lot of the time it doesn't matter in in derbies you know because the occasion is played rather than the actual game itself and i saw chris saying it will be got goal of the month that means fucking nothing he's still shit you know what i mean i got i got goal of the season chris doesn't mean i wasn't shy you know what i mean so you scored like, more goals than than ricky lambert at anfield that's a fact. Yeah. That is a fact. That yeah, is a fact. It is an actual fact that I've scored yeah. more goals in the field than Ricky Lambert, but that's neither here nor there. Um, fucking <laughs> Bruno Terry won goal of the season or won goal of the month. Doesn't mean he wasn't shy. So, yeah. Tom, Tommy, Sheen make, Tommy Sheen makes a good point. Eric or at Goodison has been shy over the years, right? So, yeah, and it has. It's, and I think we're overdue a win there. I think we're over. I think we're overdue a big win there, right? Well, I'll take no, anyone. Be honest with you, but I know I think we'd all take any win, but I think I think we're overdue a three nil or a four nil win there. Whether it happens uh, this week, I, I don't know, but I just have a feeling. You know the way when you sometimes you get this feeling about them just going in and taking teams apart. I just have I just have this feeling that this team has the mentality to completely dismantle the team, and I think there's I think cops methodology in dealing with what happened last year is not so much about go out and break those lads up it's more this is your opportunity to fucking show them how much better they are them and you don't have to break you don't have to break them up you don't have to break the legs you can just break their spirits break them down and that is a much far more efficient way just going your boys we're men end the job bang yeah yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what they should do. They should be able to, exactly like Gary Boland said, I don't think Rafa will be silly enough to come out and try and press us the way the way Ole did and gave us the gift of that game. Um, 
I think it'll be far more like what we came up against at Old Trafford last season and the season before. You know, mm. I think that's what I think that's what Rafa's going to do. He's going to leave one up front. He's going to pack the midfield. I don't think he'll go five at the back. I think he'll probably go four at the back and 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 have it very tight and compact in the middle and try and stop Robertson and, and Alexander Arnold getting down those flanks and, and causing trouble. And he'll then try and isolate. You know, if, if Dina's playing, he'll try and probably keep Dina on Salah. And listen. Who, who knows? But but yeah, uh, uh, Kevin Sullivan's right there. He needs, you, and you probably will see that from Klopp tomorrow, talking about Van Dyke's injury, talking about little things that have happened. And he'll be uh, he'll be telling you he doesn't want to talk about them whilst talking about them, like mm. us talking about Gilfie Sigurdsson. You know, um, you know, it's the same sort of thing. You know, getting getting it out there without saying anything. So um, yeah, it's 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 one of those situations whereby he'll 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 try to work that in the press over the next day or so. I reckon. Hmm. A lot of people saying there's Robbo playing, think Simakas comes back in. Blah, blah, blah. Um, who would you play? Robertson. Would you make any changes to the team no. to start at the weekend um, or would you move players around? I'd, no, I don't I don't think I don't think there is a change to make. Maybe uh, listen, after the fucking uh after Matlip's previous performance, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be rushing to bring him back in. Um hmm. I, I, I don't think Kanate's done anything to warrant him being dropped. Maybe maybe I'm forgetting something that was obvious, but but I don't think he's done anything to warrant him being dropped. And a little run of games for him to build that partnership and understanding with Van Dyke might be what he needs. You know, he is quick, he is physical. I think he's capable of handling whatever Everton want to throw at him tomorrow night or on fucking Wednesday night. Um but but um did Kev is Kev taking the piss saying bring a Probably not because isn't Firmino injured for Ever, yeah, but or... yeah, but Jota isn't, and Mane isn't, and Salah isn't. So he's probably just bringing him in to score another header. But but but, but in in reality, no, I don't think I'd make any changes. Uh, he might make he might make one, but I wouldn't. Uh, Robbo had a, a re, Robbo had a really good game at the weekend. I thought, and was far more um, threatening in the final third than he's been in a while. And I think that is actually coming from. The threat that's, uh, that that Costas is is posing him now. Not that I think his position is under threat, but there's a real option to come off the bench from there now. And somebody that actually, over the last two three months, has had better delivery than him as well. Samika's mm-hmm. delivery has been really really good from that left hand side, and Robbo's hadn't been for a while. Robbo kept on cutting back in and playing it to Mane rather than getting past the right back and getting across in or looking for a one two like he did like he played for Jota's second at the weekend. We haven't seen enough of that from him. So I think I think that was really nice to see against Southampton, see that coming back into his game. And I think he I think he keeps his place. Uh, the other part I see people mention Joe Gomez, like that's a myth. We saw like I firmly believe that Matip is a far superior centre back to Joe Gomez. Um and sadly I don't think Joe Gomez ever gets back to the level he was at before he had that injury. Um because he relied so much on his recovery pace, I don't know if it's there. The guy looks like the injury has had an impact on his long-term fitness. Um, and whether he gets back in this season, I don't know. Don't know. Don't know. I'm just reading Jared Cattle's comment. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think. Yeah, I think. I think. You have know, you? I think. Well, have I ever been on here yeah. sober? I'm sober tonight. You might not uh-huh. think it, but I am. Uh-huh. I had my first. I had my first drink yesterday in two months. Uh-huh. 
So yeah, that was. I didn't actually. You know what? I didn't actually enjoy it. Should should uh, should I I didn't I I've been very like you as well not drinking that much then I have a, had a baby and uh, sometimes you just have to drink. Yes, babies will do that. Then sometimes and then the next day you remember that why you don't drink because when you have a when when the relaxation of the a couple of drinks go then you wake up the next the morning and the, the baby the baby is there to to wake you up um and remind you why. Not a good idea to to have have too many drinks. Uh, yeah, yeah when you've had a baby because it's. Uh... Um, I think what Tom Boland says there is you might see Milner coming in for Thiago. In this I game, don't... just that little bit of niggle, that little bit of niggle, that experienced head in the midfield, mm. he might just go with the industrious three in the middle rather than Thiago, and yeah. you might just see that there. I don't agree that um, Gomez is the second best. Uh, centre half we have I think he's our third to fourth best because I think we've seen the best that Joe Gomez has to offer I think he's I think he's reached where he's going to reach we don't know where Kanate can go and I, I, think, I, and I think Matip like if you go back if, if the people on here are going, giving out about Matip or moaning about Matip go back about four weeks there'll be the very ones on there saying that he's probably the best centre back in the league at the time and, and stuff like that and um, people's memories are far too micro when it comes to football so it's like it's the last game the last 10 minutes of a game that suddenly changes your opinion on, on, on what goes on. Matthew's been outstanding. He's been our best centre-back this season. Because um, it took Van Dijk about six games to get up to back to, to, to speed. He's still not there. He's still no. not there. You, you know, you can see it in, in the games. He's still not as sharp as he should be. He, his brain, his head is working and, and, and that's what's getting him through matches at the moment. But his body isn't 100%. And like I said, it could be, it could be this time next season before he's mm. before he's really full I, I, I like the Canate shout as well I, th- I think it, it will be good for him to get a taste of um, the derby but I think that's why Matip starts because yeah, again I, I think you're right I think you're right I think he does start I'd mm. probably just prefer to see Canate stay in um, I, I, I've, I'm I probably am a little bit more balanced on, on Matip I don't think he's been abysmal I don't think he's been absolutely immense like some people have said um, I probably wouldn't agree with you that he's been the best. Maybe you didn't say that. Maybe you were saying other people said that he was the best defender in the league. No, I said it. I said it. You said it. Okay, and I, I, I don't, I don't agree with that. But well, you're uh, right. because well, that's never happened. So um, I don't know how that's possible. Um, <laughs> but but um, just just I, I think I think he's always got a wobble in him as well. I think Matip has a wobble in him as well. And it's listen, it's when you have when you have someone like Virgil Van Dijk there who is so composed, everyone looks a little bit shaky next to him. It wouldn't matter, you know what I mean? So there is that. If you didn't have a Van Dyke in your team, you'd be looking at Matip thinking he's a quality centre-half mm-hmm. and we're delighted to have him. So it, I think you're, you're going to see a lot of Kanate, Matip and Van Dyke over the next eight weeks because of the amount of games that are coming. And Van Dyke will be rested um, and the other two lads will play together and that's what you're going to see. Um, and it's great to know that we have equal levels of talent now Absolutely. whereas we didn't right um, and yeah Keith you're right Matip has been the best centre back of the league I, I knew Steve was wrong he just can't accept he's wrong so it's like it's, uh, I'm, I'm on board but you're wrong if I never accept I'm wrong then I'm never wrong that's, yeah, that's yeah. only when you accept that you're wrong that you're wrong that's how thanks, it works thanks Donald um, <laughs> uh, 
it's going to be Rondon. They're up against so Nat Phillips will do a grand job. But I keep forgetting poor old Nat Phillips signed that deal and all. He could have been playing for Newcastle with the Saudi lads and uh, yeah, Listen, Nat Phillips is grand, but that's all he is. <clears throat> right, I'm going to be wrapping this part of the forum up in a second. So what I want people in the comments now is to give us. What what would you like us to talk about? I'm going to throw some random stuff out there in, in, in a second to get us going. But what what I would like you to give me some topics you'd like me and Steve to discuss as we head into the last 18 minutes of this podcast because we're finishing at 60 minutes tonight. And um, there's no Andy on. Andy's gonna is taking a sabbatical. Um, he's got a few things going on. Uh, essentially, he's just going off to learn how to be funny again because when we start this podcast, Steve will tell you Andy used to be gas crap. Right now. Gas. Yeah. yeah. He's just he needed to go back off to comedy training to to get his funny back because he's um he's, he's gone too school. serious. Yeah, he's, he's, he's too far de- um deep in uh, being the super red at this stage. He wants Chris to be a Back this is probably Chris he wants Brack says explain the rules of the NFL. That would be a separate podcast where I explain the rules of the uh, the NFL. Uh, Rangnick, I think I think Steve, you'd like to talk about Rangnick. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He was actually one of mine, and Thiago's hair yeah. said it as well. Yeah. Um, um, where did Steve get the massive armchair, Tom Boland? Tom, I'll let you in the secret. That's actually his bed. Uh, well, it's not it's his guest bedroom. So it's a that's a headboard, right? Yeah. If you look carefully, you'll you'll spot the places for where you stick the handcuffs. Um, uh, let's see, Can versus Brook. What's the point? Uh, you can have that Dave Lennon can the Bears make the right so we've got loads of topics coming in so Steve looking at this everything game how important is it to get the win like for me I think it's it, crucially massive. important after after Chelsea uh, dropping after, points after, the after Chelsea dropping points at the weekend it's it's huge you know we we have to we have to keep pace with them at the minute um, we've had a couple of little slips we need to be there to capitalise on theirs when when it happens um, and they slipped at the weekend and we, we picked up two points and, and yeah you know it is a top three. That's what you've got this season. There's a three horse race, and and that's what it's going to be for the, for the rest of the for the rest of the season. There's no one else getting involved in that. They're going to pull away slowly but surely. It's after 13 games. There's five points by Christmas. It'll probably be eight points, nine points. You would think, and then you'll see them three step out. That's that's what I think. I think I think they'll go toe to toe for the rest of the season those the, the, the three sides are just ca- all capable of it any of those three sides can win the league this yeah. season and the Chelsea, I, I, Chelsea I, won the Champions League they have the belief now there's, to probably, go and there's probably going to be like a four point spread between the top three as you go through the, the next five to six um, probably the next three, two to three months and then what happens in March will tell a lot because Chelsea stuck the pace and then suddenly dropped off the pace towards the back end of March and <clears throat> you know historically outside of PSG uh, Tuchel's teams did tend to fall off as you went into That's that. Like Pochettino's. Yeah, yeah, and also like Martin O'Neill's. So because like Tuchel is essentially the the, the German Martin O'Neill. Um, but uh, if he can turn that around, they have a chance to win the league. If he can't, I, I don't know. It, I thought it was very interesting. I mean, I mean, we have to we have to navigate. No, uh, uh, January. I'm not mm. even talking about Afcon. I'm talking mm. about our habitual ability Shitness. to fuck everything up in January. But we've only two league. We've only two league games in January this year, so it's we'll struggle to lose loads of Is league there, games. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well, I know the, the FA Cup and Carling or whatever the fuck it's called, cup. Yeah, there's a league cup. There's uh, the FA Cup, and then there's there's um, something else. There could be a break or something thrown in there. And then didn't they have the winter break where they staggered it across two different weeks, so you miss a week of football? And uh, I think Eros isn't at the last week of January, so we've only two league games. Um, after January the second or something like that for the for the rest of January. Um, okay, so 
I want to go. Let's go into this. So, come here. What do you reckon to be the score? Do we win? Yeah, I think I think we do them by a goal. I don't. I don't think it'll be a high scoring affair. I think. I think they'll be. They'll. Yeah. I, th- I think we do them by a goal. Hmm. Okay. I, I. I don't know. Traditionally, just ends up in being a draw. I think just like give a shout out for the reclaimers question. Preferred toilet roll. Yeah, that's next topic. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, go go ahead. Okay. Well, you know I like nice things, right? Yeah. Are toilet you gonna go roll. for eucalyptus oil? No. Give that toilet roll. Fancy toilet roll is not the answer here. Dunn's own brand toilet roll. It's it's the same make as what Regina Softest used to be. It's not fluffy. Doesn't get stuck to your arse. It's very good. There you go. Top tips. Monday's top tip. Buy Dunstore's own brand toilet roll. It's got purple purple on the front of it. Very good. Now, do you have I a hairy? Do you have a hairy inseam, or are you are you going smooth? Depends. Well, depends, depends where in my depends where in my flow I am. <laughs> because that has a lot to do with the type of toilet roll that, that that's effective. <laughs> What's less no, effective? This is a multi-purpose. This is a multi-purpose roll. This is also good for women. Doesn't get stuck to the vagine. Um, <laughs> it'll 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 stay away from. You know, if you've got a hairy arse, you're still in good stead. If you've gone and veated or shaved your arse, you're in good stead. It's so multifaceted it's, toilet. It's got roll. a good slide. It's, it's, it's phenomenal, but not too slidey. You see, right. it's not like those other ones where they they're so bothered about making it soft and and gentle and everything that it actually just slides away. That's not mm. good for you either. You want you want to find the balance, and that is, I'm telling you, Dunn's own brand toilet roll. That's where it's at. Okay, Dunn's own brand. I I like I like the ones with aloe vera. Uh, particularly after Christmas, there's this this is a cooling cooling comfort comfort comfort. Jer wants to know if manscaping still a thing. Is what? Jer wants to know is manscaping still a thing? Jer is manscaping massive hairy ball bag, and he no, wants to know I, I, is he so now in fashion or out of fashion? No, 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 um, no, no, because manscaped may have sponsored the podcast for a while. Ah, so, okay. Hence the popcorn and the eyes. Do we know no no longer bother manscaping because they don't uh, uh because they don't sponsor anymore. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, fair enough. So See, I, 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 now. Jer, I'm on the outside now. I just I pop in, I just pop in and pop out again. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't <laughs> with me one's jack's roll. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'd, I'd definitely go go with that one. The weed whacker, Jerry. That's right. That is one of the oaks. But however, I would thoroughly recommend, as we're not sponsored by anyone at the moment, I would thoroughly recommend um, many different uh, grooming voices. But the the, the V re- hair remover saves the old batteries and uh, wipe on, wipe off, as Mister Miyagi would say. Right? Wax yeah. on, wax just off. Just get the shower out. Just yeah, shop done. Um, it's all gone. Eight um, minutes. Eight minutes. Yeah. Lukewarm. Not hot shower. Don't yeah. make that mistake. You know you've left it on too long when you've got the smell of burning and it's on really yeah. too long when there's smoke coming. <laughs> uh. <laughs> when the wheat starts to bubble, you know you're in trouble. That's not what their tagline should be. When the wheat starts to bubble, you know you're in trouble. Veach is sponsored this fuck. Get rid of Manscaped. We love Veach sponsoring us. 
that's uh, sorted there. Uh, okay, so, talking about uh, when the beat starts <laughs> to bubble and you know you're in trouble, Ralph Rangnick uh, has gone into yeah. Manchester United. Um, he's been proclaimed as the greatest German coach of all time. Um, I have knowledge of this man uh, from many years of watching German football before it was the in vogue thing to do. Um, and I think it's a very interesting, very interesting narrative that's been put there by the English media. Not true, but I think it's 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 a very interesting one. So you were asking, Steve-O, is he fact or fiction? Um, where do you stand? Do you, is he fact or fiction for you? I don't know. Like I, yet again, it's like the Tiago question. It's more. It was more of a. I was just more pondering it to to think what what way do I feel? <laughs> I've not read Steve. So, um, I don't know. I don't know because I think I think he has a great way of. I think yet again, actually, him coming in as a director of football with one of his disciples, so to speak, or even a Graham Potter type type. Uh, appointment i think that could have actually or could actually work very well for for man united i think they might run into trouble if they try and appoint him now and then move him upstairs in the summer and try to bring potch in because i think i can imagine potch is looking at it going well my standing in the game is just as strong as his so why should i be why should i be it's it's not like a manager like an ancelotti as an example someone who's won it all and then goes upstairs and starts to set out a footballing philosophy for the club and somebody who's a protege comes in. Um, I think that sort of thing could work. But fundamentally, it's great that United are so all over the shop. They're rich mm. enough to get themselves out of trouble no matter how much they fuck up. But their their main issue is they have no substance or style to what they're actually trying to do as a club. It's just bounce from manager to manager to manager, change it all up depending on what that manager wants to do, buy the players he wants to buy. When it goes tits up, bring in the next fella, rinse and repeat. And that's what they're lacking. So I'm, I'm slightly worried that Ragnick can maybe come in and put a stamp on where the club wants to go. The type of football he wants to play will suit Um will suit will suit the type of football that Man United fans want to see, I think. Um and so I don't know whether he's fact or fiction. You you tell me, you know more about him than I do. But but like so, I see him having built some really good sides, but maybe never really broke the 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 the, the heights that maybe he should have. Maybe that's how I feel about him. And the way I look at him is he he remo- he he'd be he's very much like a point in a German Rafa, yeah? Is he? Yeah, so I'm not saying the style of football around him at that, but I'm just saying in terms of okay. style of appointment. Had you asked, I would go back to when we start this podcast and we're talking about who can take, take Liverpool to the next level and who can bring a philosophy and change the club around, etc., similar to what Rafa had done previously. Ranić would have been at the top of the list at that stage because he was doing a lot of new and, and revolutionary things in, in, in Germany, but never progressed, never progressed to the same level. So he's, he's very much a startup man, very much a thing. And I, I honestly thought, that he will be appointed as the director of football. Now, I see that they put him on a two-year contract as a consultant to sort out the football inside of the business, right? Yeah. Um, why they can't just call him a sporting director or a director of football, I don't know. And I thought that would have been a cute move. Um, and he could have he could have done that without having to give him the interim coach job and left, say, Carrick in charge, but have him overseeing it all and bringing the ideas that he wanted for the manager that he wants to appoint into the club. And that would have made a lot of sense for me. But my God, that club is fucked at the moment. Um, 
the appointment makes no sense. You're putting a guy in for six months who's then going to become a consultant. I'm assuming the consultancy role means that he will have a, an input into who the next manager of the club will be. Um, mm. and someone who will be obviously fitting his style, his, his mindset. I think it's going to cause a lot of problems because he's very, he's very opinionated, right? So the like Carrick didn't pick that team against Chelsea. That was clearly right. Right. Next, right? Uh, we don't know. We don't know. You know what I mean? It's well, there's, Steve, there's not a hope in hell that Carrick would have gone and dropped Ronaldo for that game. I don't care what anyone says. And I think there's a, there was a, there was a fair point in what Kane was trying to make, but like, that's not Ronaldo from the old. If that's, if that's Carrick doing an interim job without somebody behind him saying, this is how we're going to play. This is what I want you to do without actually having the job. That to me is, is how that, that Ronaldo got lippy with him on Friday and he thought, fuck you, pal. <laughs> but there is a, there is an argument that this guy is so well renowned. <laughs> Do you know, he just there's, there's so much of the Hodgson and the Julias about him in terms of what is standing in the game. So think about it. Julia and Hodgson are revered, or were revered by UEFA and the UEFA coaches area and all that type of stuff in the same. Yet, didn't like Hodgson. What did Hodgson? Hodgson never the fuck out. Like he won, a, won an under sevens competition in Sweden or something like that. You know what I mean? He got the England job, didn't win anything, yeah. got fucked out at Liverpool, went to Inter Milan, did nothing. Um, and you look at Ranić, and I think Keith hits the nail on the head there. Bielsa has this incredibly mad type of football yeah. style, which is all pressure and, and it's all pure football, right? Ranić is very much like a. I'm trying to get the right sort of metaphor for what he is, but essentially, I don't think is he he's going to. No, I think he's got great ideas, and I think if you put, as I said, I think had they appointed him as a sporting director, would be more nervous because I, I would have fully believed they had a, a, they were putting a proper structure in place to to, to yeah. enable a very strong coach to come in, take over, run the show, but would have the backing of a guy who's going to set up a whole football, a footballing department and yeah. philosophy across the club. And I don't believe that that's what they've done, and because they've botched this, I think it could end up being. It could be a seminal moment and ultimately for them where there's just a real fucking tear it all down and start from scratch. It, to be totally honest with you. Now, it could go surprisingly well, but like uh, there's been mention of, of Hassan Huttle and, and all these guys. You just don't know the level of this consultancy that sits on it. So. Yeah, Laura makes a good point there. They've got Murta as director of football. They've, they've Fletcher as technical director. They've made some really weird appointments. Um, yeah. For a club of their size, and it's not – listen, maybe I'm being harsh on, on Darren Fletcher, but I don't think I am, and I'm definitely not being harsh on John Murta. Um, but but it's not like when Leonardo gets appointed sporting director at PSG or fucking, you know, whoever – who was it, the sporting director of, of Barcelona, the ex-keeper, fucking – trying to think now who it was. I, I can't think now. But, you know, when they appoint a player that – has clearly had some form of, you know, technical understanding of the game. Have you got a have you got a child there? <laughs> Going to very soon. <laughs> um, but, but from that perspective, um I think just Fletcher was a weird appointment. Murta is a weird appointment. There was no real th- there's no real thought behind anything they do. It's yeah. like it's like they've Donald Trump managing the fucking running the club. Uh, you know the way he just no, completely knew actually, whether they could do the job or not. You get to my point. You get to something that I mean. It's almost like they read how to how to run a successful club 
by Liverpool Football Club from the years 1992 to 2010. Yeah, right? by John Moores. Yeah, okay. John Moores and uh, George Gillett, right? Yeah. And uh, they picked it up in the office. This is the fucking Bible, lads. Wait, look, yeah. look, this is what we should be doing. <laughs> this is what we should be doing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 look, look, you stick Damien Connolly in charge, it's a sure shot, right? So, we need to find out Damien Connolly to, to do what it is. So, yeah, no, I, I just it's just bizarre for a club that was so well run for so long. That's it, they modernized so much football around the Premier League and they've stopped modernizing and they've stopped being revolutionary. As much as Ferguson was a tyrant in terms of the way he was, he always, always, always brought new ideas and new ways and means into the club. You look at the, the string of assistant managers he had along the years, Queros, McLaren, all these guys that went on to become managers themselves um, with varying degrees of success, mainly none. But they all brought new ideas and new structures into the club. And he was essentially what was the equivalent of the American general manager, head coach, where they're not actually doing the day-to-day, here's your yeah. cones, here's the styles, all this type of stuff. He was using their abilities to come in and change the way they played and the, the type of pressure and structure that was there. And he sat on top of this to, to bring his bit of hairdryer or arm around his nose to the equation for them to keep winning and keep that winning mentality in the club, but use their tactical ability to revolutionize how they play. That's all gone. That's all gone. And it's fantastic. Yeah. It is. No, it's brilliant to watch it, to, to watch the shit show that it is. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. It's just, it's just fun because it reminds me of being a Liverpool mm-hmm. fan in the nineties. And that's exactly what it reminds me of. And just, now we're now we're feeling what it was like to be a United fan in the nineties, which is yeah. it's great. Just great. it's phenomenal. I know why they all walked around with smiles on their faces. And it's it's one of those things I keep on like even even fucking who was it? Was it Keane at the weekend talking about United having finished second last season? Yeah. I know you can only beat what's in front of you, but the standard of opposition apart from Man City last season in the Premiership was really really poor. They finished second on whatever, 68, 69 points. I don't know what it was, but it was a fairly low total compared to what every other second place total had been for the previous few years. And so so saying we finished second, that was against the Liverpool team with no fucking defenders and the inability to play their normal game, a Chelsea in transition, a Spurs and Arsenal, you know, you know, without any sort of rudder at all, both of them just all over the shop. And, you know, you're looking at Leicester, it's a pity, you know what, if Leicester were having a season like they'd had last year, United wouldn't have a hope of top four this season. They just wouldn't have, they wouldn't have a hope of it. But, you know, you just, you wonder will West Ham be able to keep pace to keep them out? Because you don't see Spurs doing it. I don't see Conte turning that Spurs team around. There's too many half-arsed players in that, in that squad. I don't see Arteta being able to get it, so I don't know where it goes in there. Exactly. Um, right. Um, let me see. Anything else we wanted to cover off before we go? But I definitely think the highlight of the night's definitely been the title roll conversation because it's about <laughs> as good as our football conversations. Apparently, uh, <laughs> but um, no, there isn't. Right. Um, Stephen, before yeah. we go, anything you want to cover off that's taking your eye in the world of football or, or in general? Is Jurgen Klopp going to sign a new contract next summer? No, I think he might. I don't. I think he's. I think he's. I think Klopp is the type of guy who's who understands the concept of of 
exiting on top and I think you go and my biggest fear is what happens next. My biggest fear is what happens next, right? Um, You're going with Stevie G, aren't you? My biggest fear is what happens next. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I think? Here's my my theory on it. I think he might sign a new contract in the next few months because he can't, not that he can't, I don't think he will take a one or two year deal. Right, so if he signs a new three-year deal now, it brings him to 2025. If he waits until he's closer to the end, it brings him to 2027. That's too far from 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 now for him. I don't think he stays that length of time. But I think we get ten years out. That's I think we get ten years out. You know, and we won't. We've only got seven, won't we? When he finishes. Mm. Well, it'd be such a shame if we had only gotten. No, we won't. He'll have been there from 2015. It'll be 2024. It'll be nine years. It'd be such a shame. Is it 2024 when his deal is up? Yeah, yeah. 2023. No, 24. So I'm expecting to extend to 2025. That's what I think he might do. It'd be such a shame if Klopp spent less time with the club than Martin Skirtle or Lucas Leiva. Like, (laughs) two fuck. Two. Two. Pieces of uh, two epitomes of mediocre shite that we had to live with for so long. So I think if there's balance, if there's karma, if karma really exists and there's yin and yang, um, we will get ten years of Klopp for having to put up with ten years of Lucas fucking Leva and Martin Skirtle. Right? My God! Imagine, imagine having like imagine going back to that again. That would break. That would break me. Yeah, it was horrible. Skirtle was really one that used to fucking wind me up. And people absolutely loving him. He's such a hard man. Great to have a bit of steel in the back. And he got battered by centre forward after centre forward after centre forward. They used to just blow him around the pitch. Mm. He was abysmal. They, like the the Skirtle, the 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 Skirtle slide and tackle. That was his trademark, and it was mainly because somebody put him on his arse, and he had to, he had to do a recovery tackle yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And yeah, as for yeah, your man, and even even now, you'll see people still going on about Lucas. Like Lucas was the okay. fucking. Lucas is basically the epitome of what happens if you put porridge on a football pitch and ask fellas to run around on it because the chap had no pace. And ultimately, that anytime Lucas was a heavy feature in our midfield, we ended up finishing somewhere between the places of eighth and sixth. Right? That's that's just to say. Whenever he was sidelined or injured or um, struggling to get into the team, we ended up finishing the top four. That's just that tells you everything you need to know. Um, but yeah, so don't just tell. I'm sure Red Steve knows this, but it's Yin and Yang, not Yin and Yang. <laughs> Want to give him that? Want to give him that heads up? There's no G on the first one there, Red Steve. It's just Yin, Yin and Yang. Not many people know that. It's like when somebody said to me, "Where are you getting your Chester drawers from?" Chester. Yeah. It's like listen. It's like English people saying "top draw" or "goal." Top draw, and you're like, "That's not the saying. It's not the (laughs) same." No, you've just made that up. Play it by year. Right, are we just finished now? Yeah. What's well, the other one that drives me fucking mad? Um, play it by ear really drives me mad. I'm just like, actually say that, say those words. Say those words and then tell me how that <laughs> that makes any type of sense whatsoever. Play it by year. Year. Right? Um, yeah. yeah now Red just... Steve's blaming his phone. That's the worst thing you can do. He's blaming his phone for that. <laughs> 
And irregardless, that's the one. Irregardless. Doesn't it's not even a word. Oh, all all intensive purposes. <laughs> all intensive people always say that. Uh they're all intensive purposes. And you it's all intents and purposes. <laughs> completely different. Completely different. Intensive purposes makes no sense whatsoever. Let's not go into an 11 p.m. grammar lesson. Next time somebody says that, they say, look, I'll have to play that by year. <laughs> Walk off. Irregardless right. of what you said. Right, look, thanks for all the comments and, the, and things tonight. This has been the forum. We're out in 66 minutes. I like it. That was the last time England was relevant. Um, that's, I've been your host, Phil Casey. Beside me, of course, has been Stephen Daly. Uh, the lads are back. Um, Football in the World was on earlier on, in case you missed it. Um, I know it's actually called Man on Football Show, but I'm just going to call it Football in the World for the rest of my life now because Cav gets pissed off about it. Um, grammar in the World, Emma Kavanagh, Grammar in the World. I think that's what we'll have to start yeah. up. We'll do Grammar in the World. We'll take we'll a do Grammar in the World show. Yeah, Every we'll time do. we come in, we'll talk about three sayings that are incorrectly yeah. pronounced yeah. tonight we've yeah. had yin and yang yeah all intensive purposes and what was your uh, one uh irregardless no uh oh, play, 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 play it by year play it by year <laughs> <laughs> what do you think we'll do this week a play by year <laughs> play. what years are gonna um, be 1986 1972 i'm gonna play it by 1974 instead this has been the strippers i've been your host Good night and God bless. Sports Social Podcast Network.